This is Post Credit Brews. I'm John. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. Uh, and tonight we have another episode for you guys. Uh, we're going to be reviewing one of the newer films, uh, Chloe Zhao's Nomadland, film from now called Searchlight Pictures, formerly Fox Searchlight. The film was supposed to originally released in 2020, but has recently um, put out on Hulu and in theaters uh, where those are open. And, you know, now this movie is available for everyone to watch on Hulu. It stars Frances McDormand. Um, basically just tells the story of her, you know, living her life as a nomad. Uh, circumstances have kind of put her in that situation. Um, and we'll kind of get into specifics later. But, you know, definitely a great movie, I think, to to kind of talk about and discuss and, and a bit different from the things that we usually get into mm-hmm. here on post credit brews. Yeah. I was saying, I feel like we're going back to our roots, Dave, when we did like episodes like Ford V Ferrari and like, I don't know, once upon a time in Hollywood in the beginning. Yeah. But I think those were also blockbusters. I kind of put yeah. this movie into the, the category of ones that I would not normally go out and see, mm-hmm. but am pleasantly surprised when I actually do sit down and watch. Yeah. I, I kind of think of uh, that movie, The Gift, that I saw a while back. Mm-hmm. I had no intentions of ever seeing it, and I just think that it was just one of the a really great movie that I that I saw. It's a good example. Yeah, you didn't have like high expectations, and you see it, and you're like, oh wow, that was that was right. Good. So yeah. I, you definitely would see this at like a local theater, and it's more of, mm-hmm. of an indie film kind of style. Yeah, like yeah. there wasn't a lot of advertisement and promotion for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't even didn't even know most of the the actors in the movie before watching this yeah and i think in a way it it kind of is a is a blessing because sometimes that's where the true stars really shine and i really think that at least for the lead actress in this one she did a phenomenal job from from Mm -hmm. this yeah francis mcdormand she was she was really good in it and i i think you you're right dave with saying like there's almost like an authenticity to this movie and kind of like i think the main actors you obviously have francis mcdormand i think the other notable one is like david strathairn but you don't see really anyone else in this you know i felt like there was probably a role for june squib somewhere in this movie but i think they kind of went for like real people as opposed to like getting actors to be in this movie so that's crazy you mentioned june squib because i really was thinking that she was going to be in it at some point in this she i wouldn't have been surprised if she showed up in it but might have distracted me from the rest of the movie (laughs) Now, these genuinely were, like, not actors, right? I was looking at IMDb, and it looks like whoever played Swanky really had, like, that was their real name. Mm-hmm. Um, her one friend, Linda, maybe? I, I can't remember. Is it Norma June or something? Yeah. The one that she was working in the park with, like, that had the same act. Like, that actress had the same name. I think Linda May, right? I think that was her yeah, name. Yeah, that was her yeah, name, Linda. Linda yeah. May, okay. Yeah, and I kind of had a feeling that that was what it was, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't know until I looked on IMDb, which I, I think is a credit to, you know, the actors in this movie and the, mm-hmm. uh, the performances that uh, director Chloe Zhao was yeah. able to pull from. Yeah. Him. Bob Wells, he's a he's a real person. So um, yeah, I, I think there was a real like, you know, I, I bring that word up again, like authenticity to this movie. Um, it kind of felt like a documentary at points. I think yeah, like you were just yeah. kind of going around watching them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what this movie reminded me of? And I, maybe I'm the only one, but um, I, I feel like this is the type of movie where if this was on like H, if I was just like channel surfing and like this was on like HBO or one of those channels back when I had cable like that. But uh, like I felt like I would have kept watching this and I would have had like no idea what was going on, but I would just want to continue watching it, you know? 
wasn't super actiony, but I would just want to see like what the next scene scene brought. And um, and yeah, I mean, it really did feel real. This movie, like looking back after watching it, the timing for this coming out, especially with all the the things going on in the world right now, and how people's situations are just flipping upside down with the mm-hmm. blink of an eye, it, it kind of strikes home for for a lot of people that, mm-hmm. or at least it, I think it could strike home for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think sort of people needing to make certain decisions with adjustments and yeah with with where they're going to go and kind of um you know their whole like philosophy and outlook on life obviously you know francis mcdormand fern in this movie obviously chose to to be a nomad but i would agree dave yeah i think there's like a timeliness to this movie obviously it's set during after the great recession so um yeah it's like 2011 2012 i think it kind of i think it starts like holidays 2011 and kind of ends holidays 2012 okay Maybe not. Maybe even holidays like mm-hmm. twenty, like very end of year twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely there's a significant circumstance that sets the plot for this whole entire movie that mm-hmm. was like based on on reality, and I I never even realized it, even like living through it live that this stuff was happening. And we'll get more into that when we break down the movie. Yeah, but it was yeah. kind of it was kind of eye opening just from the get go because that's they just hit you with that right from the beginning. Yeah, it it really did kind of like grab you right from the beginning, right when they they note sort of that um significant that thing. Yeah, just yeah, but yeah, you're right, Dave. We'll we'll get into it later. I know, um, you know, we do have a couple couple housekeeping things we want to talk about. Some news broke this week. Obviously, most importantly, we do want to give a plug to John's Wand Division reviews. He's been wait, 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 wait. That that's the big news because. I looked at the news today and I saw Emma Watson just retire from acting. I mean, no, God, please, no. Come on, we can, we can give John his plug later on. Emma uh, Watson just retired. What was the last thing she was in? It's, Beauty and the Beast. You're mocking me, aren't you? I actually think she—they're doing a live-action SpongeBob movie. Did you see that, Dave, at Paramount Plus? Are they really? And I think she's she's supposed to be. I think she's rumored to be playing Sandy. No way. Yeah. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Yeah, uh, speaking of that, did you guys see the the new Rugrats that they're doing? I saw they're doing one. Is it is it like an updated one? Is it like the old? Oh, it's it's the it's, it's the same voice actors, but it's like that CGI um, animation that they keep doing now. It's like it's like oh. the like it's literally just take the exact show, but just change the animation. So like the like they're doing everything else the same. They made a um, video game pretty much. Yeah, it's kind of that like clay type. Like you can tell it's computer animation, but it kind of looks like claymation. It's a work of heart. Kinda, I, again, it, it feels exactly like the show, except for that. that there's style. Actually, there's, fo- there's uh, footage. There's footage of it out yeah. there that released yesterday. I saw I saw something that came out with um. It was it was a new SpongeBob show they're doing, but and maybe this is the same animation they're doing it, for that it, Rugrats I think show. It's, it's similar. It is. Yeah. Because I saw that animation and I felt like it just looked like a an early 2000s video game that I would have played on like Nintendo right. 64. <laughs> it's all coming down on this Paramount Plus that's coming out now. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm out. I'm out on the Rugrats. I am out on the new SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. I am out on Paramount Plus. Yeah. This, this just seems like the, the Walmart knockoff brand of any plus of, an, of a mm-hmm. major network that's just coming out later on after the fact. Yeah. I, I'm not sold on it. Like, do, I, do, do we need Paramount Plus? 
I, I mean, I, I feel like Paramount really hasn't been like a, a prominent movie studio in a long while. And like, if you look at it, like they have, they have the Transformers. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's like their flagship series. I, I right. think. Um, I could be yeah, wrong Bum- on that though. Bum- Bumblebee was Paramount. That was Paramount. Okay. So, and it's crazy that we're talking about this because but the Rugrats, because I know, I think the Rugrats movie was under Paramount. Yeah, all I Nickelodeon. Think, and, and yeah, I, I think for the longest time that was like one of their their big grabs. Like that's mm-hmm. still like if you search that, that's what comes out. Um, but I know one thing that I have an issue with is like I just feel like Paramount Plus is just like coasting on nostalgia. So they exactly, have like the Rugrats, exactly. the SpongeBob, and I think to a point it's cool, but I think to another point, like, it, yeah, you're kind of like where's like the originality, you know? Well, I know that keeping up with the Kardashians is ending, so unless mm. they're gonna try to bring that back with keeping up with the Taffers and doing like a John Taffer like a reality show, I'm out. Shut it down. Yeah, I, I, I would. Was a missed opportunity. Him. He was a missed opportunity in the Super Bowl commercials. The Super Bowl, yeah. Oh, like, oh absolutely. Yeah. I was expecting absolutely. to see him. But... He he could have been on there. Yeah. Oh man, I felt like every other commercial at the Super Bowl this year were, were those characters climbing the mountain. Like that was That's, that was a lot to handle. <laughs> I will it, it say was, it was funny. Do, they're trying to put a lot like they're they're kind of giving something for everyone it seems like here with this paramount and it's just yeah yeah i don't know like they're they I mean they have comedy central they have mtv mm-hmm. and nickelodeon and nothing like yeah. particularly grabbed my interest really yeah the, the comedy central stuff maybe and the thing is so i already have like cbs all access so i think just that's going to transition to paramount plus on march 4th um and it again, I mean, I, I think at some point you kind of get to a point where you're just like, this enough is enough. But I mean, it, it's priced at $4.99, which to be honest with you isn't like horrible. Um, I feel like most of these services are still kind of coasting at that, like between like five bucks and like seven. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think these streamers are going to become the new like cable bundle. I think in like 10 years from now, you're going to get like a cable deal through like Comcast and it's going to be like get Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon X amount of money a month. I haven't sat down and did the math, but I wonder if someone got all the subscriptions out there, the plus subscriptions, if it it would equate to what a basic cable package mm-hmm. would be or an average uh, cable package would be. I think it'd be around that. Yeah. I, I feel I, like it definitely I, would. I think I'm taking the over. I think it would cost more, to be honest. Yeah. More for to, – to have all the streamers? Yeah. Streamer prices are only going to go up. Like this is four ninety nine, but this is eventually going to have something on it. Like I know mm-hmm. they're doing a Halo show, and yeah. they're eventually going to have those projects that are really going to bring viewers. And that's when they're going to. Mm-hmm. It's going to become more than five bucks a month. Yeah, right. They have not like a, a significant amount. But... Yeah, and look at Peacock. They have like basic premium and like elite packages too. Mm-hmm. So. You know? their, their whole rollout for that was so – that was really just – they did a horrible job with that. And and to your yeah. point, John, it's just going to get more and more. You know how like Hulu keeps doing their TV commercials saying Hulu does live sports. So imagine when like mm. NFL games are actually like broadcast on Hulu and, yeah. the, and you need that just to watch a game. Like that's when mm. it's, it's going to start right. packing ten, up, you know. Ten years from now, yeah. I, I think even something like, like Disney Plus for sure. Like once we get to a point where like – every month well, i think once we get to a point where 
we have a Marvel show and a Star Wars show premiering in the same month. That's when Disney Plus is going up to like ten bucks a month. I'm sure the, show, the shows are expensive. I mean, I think they yeah. said like Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out in you know a little less than a month, and they said that's six episodes. But I think the main reason it's six episodes is because it was so expensive. It was so. I saw yeah. some, some reactions came out to it the other day, and they were saying the action level is mm-hmm. at what like a film would be, which is very cool. Yeah, yeah. I was hearing but, about I that. Mean, they were saying the actions, like yeah, yeah. That just shows how committed they are to it, and I think it shows. Mm-hmm. How much invested they have in the streamer, so they want to it's do clearly it. something yeah. that's a priority for for Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, John, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, John. Earlier, I had to address the Emma Watson news. I whether it's like real or not, like I, I woke up to that today and I was a little worried. <laughs> She's doing motion capture for Sandy, so <laughs> I think we're we're not gonna we won't miss her. I thought you were going to scare me and say she was going to be like Mrs. Puff or something like that. Ew, no, David. I, you know, Mrs. Puff was the first name that came to my mind, and I was like, I could actually see her playing Sandy, me. Dude Squibb's going to be Mrs. Puff. Really? <laughs> no, but not to scare anybody. It's just rumors that Emma Watson has retired from acting. That That's what the news broke today, mm-hmm. at least at the time of this recording. Yeah. We're going to – we'll do a live coverage if she does quit, though, and make sure you guys – uh or up to date with all that. Yeah, we have so. Mike. We have Mike's on standby just in case we need to jump back on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I will say that this this hit man. This is totally unrelated to what we were just talking about. But I love how this week we're talking about Nomadland, and I guess to give a plug for our next upcoming episode, we're talking about Tom and Jerry. <laughs> it's a bait and switch. I'm just imagining seeing that sequence on like the episode list. <laughs> Someone not knowing what this podcast like, they'd have no idea what we cover if those were the top two things that they saw. That's good. Uh, I, I don't know how many of these I'm going to need to have to watch that this weekend. <laughs> There's no reviews out for it, and it comes out tomorrow. I mean, I haven't really seen any, and it comes out tomorrow. Oh, do we? Do we have to review it? Yeah, we, we had to be the first ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got, we got, nothing- we got, a, we got to beat Nostalgia Critic. I he mean, just came out with one today for that uh, strange, strange magic. Man, I watched. I gotta watch I mean, that. Uh, is it good? Was it, it, it pretty it good? good? It's like a that that movie's like a jukebox musical. Like I don't know if you guys know that, but like that that's like pretty funny. He tears. I know like that. nothing about it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know really about it either. But that's mm-hmm. like that's like his main like tearing apart. Like why is this a jukebox musical? In what way does that make sense? It's <laughs> a good point though, John. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was uh, me and Dave were talking before you got on, and I was like, I don't know if we can do Tom and Jerry night. Like, we don't have to be like pulled into that. But you're right. If we go from like this, like, like this movie's probably going to win Best Picture this year. Like, yeah, if we go from will. like this to like Tom, <laughs> Tom and Jerry, and Jerry. <laughs> I, I was trying to find it when that hit me when I was watching Nomadland. I was trying to find a review. Like, there's genuinely like none out there for yeah. It. Maybe oh. give a funny advertisement, like pre-advertisement for Tom and Jerry, when it's like, how many beers did it take for, for each of them to to watch this movie and to give like a bend, like over or under, like Dave, like four plus beers, yeah. Matt three plus beers, John like six plus beers, yeah. and and then we can like reveal, like, like tune in to see the results. <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, the but, Rotten Tomatoes is still pending on this movie. There's no ratings <laughs> or reviews for it at all. Oh, we gotta jump on it. They didn't screen for critics. Yeah, Probably, but, maybe it's because of the HBO Max type. I don't know. Right. But, yeah. But John, again, sorry to to cut you off. Uh, 
you you are still doing the the one division weekly reviews which we're very appreciative of and they're exemplary as they always are as we're all live progressively through going through this show mm-hmm. which is it, it might be one of the best shows that I, i've seen in a while just mm-hmm. one division entirely it, you know what i always look forward to friday like it always feels like there's like a new it's almost like you're watching a new movie every friday oh yeah we've always um, brought up the, the nostalgia of it kind mm-hmm. of how we will watch lost on wednesdays or tuesdays or thursdays or whatever day yeah. of the week that it was premiering at the time mm-hmm. and just being excited for it and not like i i stay away from social media from thursday to at least friday or saturday morning when i watch mm-hmm. it oh yeah yeah it's very hard i mean I, it's hard for me to just because i'm I, not invested in it yeah i mostly stay off twitter like twitter i feel like yeah. that'll even that'll even instagram's like discovery page will just like something will pop mm-hmm. like spoilers and it's like oh well it'll show that? yeah 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 but but yeah guys john john's been doing a great job just breaking down these episodes and kind of talking about some of his thoughts and kind of what he's predicting might happen in the future future shows at the end of wandavision so if you get the chance definitely check out his his content there and you can check that out at postcreditbrews.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. There's WandaVision, there's the boys season two breakdown, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of just movies that we can't get to that are yeah, yeah. just worthy of, of mention that we just mm-hmm. don't have time to do a full episode to. And it, it's worth a great read, whether you're on, going on a long drive or mm-hmm. sit on the, on the john or just sit on the, on the bus. You know, it, it, it's, it's a great, a great mm-hmm. reads. All of them are really good. Pass the time. Yeah. We're still on beta testing for uh, the app, but um, I, I yeah. was actually, I was thinking of yeah. seeing if we can get like a, a post-credit bruise like website or, or an app going. I, mm. I was kind of looking into that. Yeah. Yeah. We, that'd be kind of cool. Definitely yeah. could do a website. Mm-hmm. Like if we were to do it an app and just like stream right from that app and like nowhere else, we won't have to worry about any copyright or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. So obviously like we were saying, check out John's reviews. And then, um, you know, a couple other things we wanted to just touch base on. So to go back to the Paramount Plus stuff, kind of similar to the HBO Max, a little different, actually. So their movies are going to premiere theatrically. And then 45 days afterward, they're going to be on Paramount Plus for people. 45? Um, 45 days. Yeah. So after like Mission Impossible 7 is released on like whatever date this November, 45 days afterward, it's going to be available to stream on their their streamer. So you know what that tells me? I think that means that they're sort of confident that they're going to be able to get back into theater soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess you want to take the opportunity to jump on both sides of the paradigm where you can get mm-hmm. money from going to a theater and trying to get that, that big box office like, like it used to be and then mm-hmm. still hit home with uh, it's the only place you can get it on, on the streaming service. Yeah, it's it, it. At least the way I see it is like something like Mission Impossible Seven. Like I, I don't want the first time I see that to be on my couch. You know, I felt the same way about the Pixar movies that we've seen, and even Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Like, I'd mm-hmm. rather see those stuff on the big screen. Yeah, and honestly, like now that the vaccine's rolling out, and I think once I get it, I mean, how how I had COVID, so I, I have a little bit of time to actually worry about it again. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm actually gonna consider going to theaters again. Yeah. If I, I mean, if there's something I want to see, like something, you know, like I was saying, like Mission Impossible 7, like I want to see that. Like I want to be able to go into theater to see that, right? But, like even if I'm wearing a mask the entire time, like I, I, something about just being inside that theater is just mm-hmm. something yeah. that, 
better than what we're doing now. Yeah. And I think I'm bringing up Mission Impossible 7 just because that's like, I, in my opinion, that's like the best movie franchise going now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's an it's almost like a reverse like HBO type thing, you know, whereas like those movies stream directly on the service for like 30 days and then they go away for a little bit versus like this where it's like it's in a theater for a little bit and then it comes to the service. So. And they're probably banking on people not going out to theaters, so they'll just mm-hmm. wait for it to come out on the the platform. Yeah, and, and I'm trying to, like, not just Mission Impossible 7. They also have, like, Top Gun Maverick, A Quiet Place 2, big movies like that, so. Those were the only three I saw them name. Yeah. Which, like, I think yeah. kind of speaks to Paramount maybe yeah. not being the powerhouse mm-hmm. at once. I mean, there's probably more things that we're forgetting about, but yeah, I don't know. Like, those three, I mean, HBO Max has, like, 15 mm-hmm. plus and then this, you know and you know what else i really picked up from that uh, tom cruise is probably pissed off <laughs> yeah he's probably like losing i saw his mind i saw i saw some post that was saying like i like i i feel bad for whoever has to break this news to tom cruise yeah. i mean those are two huge <laughs> two like, huge movies of his yeah that i'm yeah. sure and, he's invested a lot in yeah yeah and i think Top Gun, like streamers have been trying to buy like Top Gun Maverick. I was reading for like the past like few months, and like he just won't budge. Like he's like, no, this has to come to theaters. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I they wouldn't have made that movie if he didn't want to do it. So like, he probably mm-hmm. is very invested in it. Yeah, it all goes. I mean, we're not gonna hear about this in the news, but I really think it all goes to whatever movie he wants to do in space. I think like all of these other movies that are coming out for him or like riding on like a theatrical release. <laughs> so yeah, I think he really wants to go to space and do that. I can't see him not agreeing to do this. If, if it wasn't a guarantee that he was going to do the theatrical release. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe that, that played into it too. Like, I don't know. Maybe he had some, some bargaining power with this, but maybe it was like a compromise. I don't or know. Something, but... Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, I think he's speaking of compromise. I, do you guys see the the new name for Spider Man, the new movie? Yes, I did. So what? Spider Man No Way Home, right? I, it kind of fits, especially if they're teasing the multiverse in it. Yeah, yeah. No Way Home makes sense. Mm-hmm. I yeah yeah. I saw Tom Holland double down on his stance that he's not going to see Toby or Garfield in in this one at all. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking is. I think they did Marvel did such a good job like hiding so much from Endgame from us that like I have some confidence that they like if, if Toby and Andrew are in this, they're gonna be able to keep that like quiet for a little bit. You know? Yeah. I think it's like almost like a guarantee that they're going to be in it. But I think, I think uh, everything I heard, I think like Andrew Garfield was pretty much all for it and Toby Maguire like took a lot of convincing. But mm-hmm. yeah. He wanted more money he wanted the most money. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I started this. I'm not gonna lie. I think the last thing he might have done was uh the boss baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he wasn't that, wasn't he? Yeah. I don't know. When I seen, I saw news that Sam Raimi was trying to bring back uh, Jessica Alba for Sue Storm and whatever he's doing. Mm. So okay. I, the image just seemed like it was just clickbait, but like if they're just gonna keep bringing these people back, like hearing like Will and the Foe, and yeah, like, there, there definitely has to be some kind of like maybe it's like an end game kind of like fight where they just show up for like fifteen minutes where you you don't have to be all in the same room to mm-hmm. to be in it, but it's yeah. like maybe, maybe they told Tom Holland look, look at his green screen, pretend it's Tony Stark coming back to life or something like mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's just Toby emerging from the sun. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm kind of excited because I, I feel like in this Spider-Man, we, we're not going to get like a, a Tony Stark bad guy, you know, or like a guy that's like angry at Tony Stark. Cause I feel like every Spider-Man villain we've gotten has just been that like right. they've been connected to Iron Man in some way. So, but you know, so, so do you think, is there going to be a villain for this one? I, I keep hearing I rumors that they're casting for Craven, but I don't know if that's like confirmed or not. Well, I know I they're, I know they're, be a villain. I know they're yeah. trying to do Craven for Sony. They're trying to get Keanu Reeves to do it. They offered him the role, which I'd be all for. Yeah. Marvel's I been trying to get Craven, him for a while. Craven I, makes sense, I think, if, if you know the fact that they know his identity now. But in the multiverse, though, like, I, again, like, I, we don't know, you know? I think it's, it's going to be how much this movie plays into the multiverse. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I definitely think it's Doctor Strange. And, like, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably see. So I saw a rumor that, like, he's going to be in. Yeah, Tom Holland's going to be in Doctor Strange too, so oh, yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, but man, we we definitely got off topic. It seems like we're doing that more and more often, which mm-hmm. I I love how we could just go off topic like this. But it, it is post, a- it is post credit Bruce, mm-hmm. and we do have a beard today. So uh, John, what do we have on tap tonight? So today we have the Session India Pale Ale from Double Nickel. Brewing Company in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Oh, so we're going over the bridge this week. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. I've never been here before. Have any of you guys been to Double Nickel? No, I have not. No, I had never yeah. even heard of it. Looks nice. I was looking at pictures. It looks like a good brewery. It looks yeah. sophisticated. And we'll get into the, the color scheme. Definitely reminds me of a, of a, a football team in mind. But we'll get into that when we do the beer review. Okay. Are we talking about the Seahawks? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a can. So no, as the late Bob Marley would say, no worry, no cry. It is a can. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're going to jump into it? Yeah, we got to get the, the, the ceremonial post-credit beer crack going. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Pick up while it's cold, ladies. Oh, my keyboard. Crap. God damn it. Oh, God. You okay? Mine actually did start it, like, foaming out so did mine uh, i don't know how it was i mean it didn't get on my laptop but oh, mine's good i don't know how i literally sitting there for this whole 40 minutes <laughs> shook your guys up that was very sneaky of you <laughs> i don't know how it did i was just sitting there 40 minutes i i <laughs> gotta get a paper towel right back no you're yeah fine. i do too yeah. weird i don't know if you that can was... see, i don't know if you can look at my camera but look at this thing now like, it's just Jeez, I, mine it's... was fine. I, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. Oh my god, I had the cans gone. <laughs> mine was like all foam, I, and then when I went yeah, to drink yeah, it, exactly. it wasn't even, it, my, it wasn't even open. Oh, I cracked like, it. I had to still crack it. I don't know how that happened. I cracked it, and it, it came it came up worse than my sixth grade volcano. Mine didn't even crack. Well, like it was well, like I, I clicked it a little, and then it was. I went to sip the foam after I cleaned it up, and then it still wasn't open. Mine was good. No, no issues here. No, once I opened this thing up, it came up faster than a than a Chipotle burrito. Ew, no, David. Oh, okay. So we just want to jump into the movie, or yeah, yeah. So this week we're reviewing Nomadland. You know, it's it's not one that was. 
highly advertised. Like you won't see commercials from TV or anything like that. Uh, if wasn't if it was pre-pandemic, you'd probably be seeing this in like a indie theater or or, or a small guild screen or something like that. But it's available now on Hulu. Uh, overall reaction: What did you guys think of the movie? I liked it. I think it was smart that this movie was released on Hulu. I think a lot, it's going to reach like a much larger audience than it would have if you're right, Dave. Like if it was just released in an art house, obviously the people that would have wanted to see it would have seen it. But you know, I'm, I'm thinking hopefully as the weeks go on and you have like the Golden Globes and the Screen Actors Guild Awards and things like that, I think this movie is going to start picking up some steam, and um, some more people are going to see it. You know, last week I know I was fortunate enough to be able to watch it. You know, the day it came out on Hulu. So um, it was good. I, I liked it a lot. I think there was there's a lot to talk about with this one. So, John, what about you? What did you think of it? Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I think, you know, Frances McDormand gives a really great performance. Um, she's, you know, she's. I think she's definitely kind of cemented herself now um, as, like, you know, up there with, like, a Meryl Streep or, you know, Viola Davis. Like, she's a, mm-hmm. a very strong actress. And mm-hmm. um, there's obviously a lot to talk about with this movie, too. I mean, obviously, some of the history behind it I really wasn't familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like when, like, a movie can kind of introduce you to that. Um, mm-hmm. I had a lot of, like, film courses in college, and this is definitely one that we would have watched like I had like a film in American society class like a year ago. And this okay. is like absolutely one that uh, we would have watched in that class. And I kind of liked watching a movie like that again and kind of getting more from it than just, um, you know, entertainment. Right. Yeah. And before we go any further, like we are going to be talking about certain scenes and certain elements of this movie. So it is, I guess you want to say somewhat spoiler having. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, with a clear state of mind and not get spoiled, you should probably listen to this podcast after watching the movie mm-hmm. and stop yeah. listening right about now. Yeah. But I, I think I was going to say too, Dave, I think it's fair to tell our audience that um, they don't need to stick around for a post-credit scene at the end of this movie. Um, there's no blooper reel or anything. Just I mean, leave. Revival of Swanky is, I mean, a bit, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a post post credit scene, but the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like um, it's, it's yeah. send the seas for No Man Land too. Yeah, I will say I, figure, <laughs> I will say I did figure out the time period by this movie by the fact that she walked past like a theater that's playing the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, that that was in there. That's kind of how I figured it out. So like summer 2012 was a little bit. Yeah, like I said. Well, well, then there was the whole mm-hmm. she was walking around New Year's, so that's why I guess it was like. Very early 2013 is probably where it would have ended. Okay. Okay. So I guess just to start off, I guess for our listeners that are not familiar with the term, I mean, a simple Google search could suffice, but uh, how would you guys characterize, like, what is a nomad? Just, uh, you know, traveling to and from, not really having a a specific... um, specific place where you kind of like settle down just sort of like moving around from place to place someone that's usually on the go with no place to to settle down i guess mm-hmm. i'll say like this is definitely a term that came about a lot in like social studies classes and history and whenever i would like i always thought of like like obi-wan kenobi like he's definitely like a nomad like that's what i thought of when like that term came up but like that's what i liked about this movie is it kind of made you think differently and obviously these people 
mm-hmm. you know even though they do have that car like they're not really any different um, right and the movie brings a lot about yeah. that you know there's that point early on about mm-hmm. is a home a literal building or is it just you know kind of your life yeah yeah and yeah. just and just look at the the circumstances surrounding this movie this woman lost everything lost her job her house everything mm-hmm. and it's it's i guess i mean she chooses to but it's I guess the lifestyle that I think for at her point in life is the only viable option. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think to categorize someone as a nomad as just being homeless and, mm-hmm. and poor is just, it's a complete overstatement really. Mm-hmm. When you look at the, this movie really, at least from my soul, open my eyes to, it could be anyone could be a nomad really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think the movie sheds light on it really well i think in particular the one scene where she goes and stays with her sister for a little bit and you kind of have like you know she's sitting in a circle with that group and you know you just have those people saying like how could you live like that like you know that's no way to live like that's not a lifestyle and sort of you can tell how defensive she gets of it right um you know i mean this this movie just gave you a whole different perspective I i think another thing that really stuck out to me was like most of the people that were living this lifestyle were older. Like I would put them like late fifties, sixties, you know, right. So I and thought that was an interesting, you know, and, and it kind of ties into the time of this movie too. We're looking at the end of 2011, 2012 ish. And I, I didn't know a lot about the, this town or this plant that mm-hmm. she worked at that went, went under completely. Yeah. Yeah, so it was um, Empire, Nevada, um, just a, a ghost town. So obviously, the um, it, it was called the U.S. Gypsum Mining Plant, and you know, I, I guess that they just manufactured a lot of stuff. They mined a lot of stuff there, and then once that closed, um, that obviously employed a lot of the population in Empire. And then once that closed, um, it obviously had an impact on the community to the point where, yeah, you're right. Like in 2011, this just became a total ghost town. It wasn't, it wasn't populated anymore. And yeah, I mean, none of us knew about that until we saw the first like 10 seconds of this movie, you know, right. they, they kind of shed light on that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I do, I agree. I like it when a movie can kind of educate you on that and sort of be like, I had no idea. And I mean, like the trial of the Chicago seven, that's another perfect example of like, this the subject matter here nomadland or that like these are things that aren't taught in history class and they probably should be as mm-hmm. opposed to you know just learning about wars and and the same thing mm-hmm. that everyone gets taught not that they don't have their importance but i don't i mean this is the world you know this is 10 years this isn't even you know almost 10 years ago practically so yeah, yeah. i think it's important to, to know about these things mm-hmm. yeah we were just getting ready for college when all this stuff unraveled dave i know right like that gives you some perspective right <laughs> I don't want to tell you, think about that. I feel old now. Yeah. I like with what you brought up though, John, where you were saying how, um, I guess when you took that class in college, like that American, American yeah, history class in so, film, film and American society. Okay. Did you like, what were some movies you watched in that class or uh, some other ones? We watched, we watched some good ones. That, that was maybe one of my favorite classes I had in school. Mm-hmm. We watched, uh, I know um, we watched Queen and Slim. So that was kind of like to cover oh, like okay. the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, yeah. We watched Network. That kind of okay. went over like media and, cool. and the impact of that. Mm-hmm. I watched that um, too. Network. Network is a good is a good movie. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked that a lot. I'm mad as hell. Oh yeah, and I'm not going <laughs> to take it. Yeah. Rebel Without a Cause. We watched um, 
Selma and Louise. Okay. So there was like a lot of different. Each week was like a section. There's like race and race was a section a new, and gender. Yeah. This is definitely abs- like this is hundred percent. Like I, I wouldn't even be shocked if the professor added that to the syllabus. This one, yeah. If it's I was gonna say it. Like it she would have made like it like a late be. edition. Yeah. I did a I did a class similar. It was like media and society is what it was called. Mm-hmm. We watched Wally for like our environmental studies aspect of it. Yeah. We watched the, and we watched her. One of your favorites. Oh, I right? watched I watched her for another class. That was like yeah. a sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure this is going to. I, I think you're right, John. I think for sure, not even just that one class you took, but other classes. I think this movie is probably going to be taught. Um, and obviously, a lot of that credit goes to Chloe Zhao, um, who we, we kind of pointed out in the beginning. But um, this is only her. I believe this is her third movie. I know she had the writer before this, and then um, she did a, another movie. Let me just make sure I have this correct. She did a couple like shorts and then she had a movie that came out in 2015 um, called uh, Songs My Brothers Taught Me. And then she had more like prominently a movie that came out in 2017 called The Rider, which I really did want to see before I watched this, um, but I didn't get the chance to. But I know I heard nothing but positive things about that movie. So um, I think I remember hearing about that movie when it came out. Yeah. And then obviously she's getting a lot of acclaim for this. And then, um, you know, I, I think people are probably going to definitely know her name after she does Marvel's The Eternals. Um, that, and this so. is just hitting me now as we're talking about it. But this, so pandemic aside, none of that happened. This and The Eternals would have come out the same exact year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big, very impressive. Big move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it speaks, this one speaks a lot to probably what's going to be in The Eternals because I know. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of different representation in that movie. I know uh, one of the one of the actors in it, uh, actresses, excuse me, is, is deaf. I know. Oh, really? So, and like, I know they're portraying a character. That's that right. Movie. Yeah, I think Lauren okay. Ridloff, I believe, is the actress. And then I know yeah. they said Brian Tyree Henry's character, um, you know, is, is gay. So it seems mm-hmm. like there's a lot that they want to want to explore in that movie. And I'm yeah. sure she's a perfect choice to to do that. Mm-hmm. And they're just checking off every box they can now, can't aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> The Eternals. <laughs> yeah. So I guess just to, I guess, paint a picture for what we're talking about with this movie. It's just about this woman named Fern. Mm-hmm. And so she loses her job at this big mine. And the whole town pretty much goes under from the financial mm-hmm. ramifications of it. And she's forced to live out of her van. Mm-hmm. You learn throughout the movie that uh, she was married at one point. Her f- husband died of cancer. Mm-hmm. So she's pretty much on her own, and the, I, and she's really just driving from like I guess from the beginning you see her from like park lot to parking lot, and she's mm-hmm. doing jobs from jobs like at one point she's working at Amazon, on and off making some money, mm-hmm. and then she's yeah, just she, back on the road doing the same thing again. Mm-hmm. She's doing a lot of like seasonal work. You're right. She's going from Amazon to she's working at uh, Badlands National Park for a little bit. She's working at like a, a buffet almost. We could see. So she's kind of like going from from place to place. You're right, though, Dave. She's not in in one single place throughout the movie. And just from the get go, you just tell from the look on her face, and uh, she did a great job of just saying a lot by by saying nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And I think when an actor could do that very well, yeah, yeah. it tells you like just how strong they are at the credit mm-hmm. they're doing. Yeah, because she you could just tell she just looked like burnout. Mm-hmm. 
but she never gave up. She had like one of the hardest working grits I've ever seen. Yeah. From, from anybody. She, she was really good in this. And I, I think Frances McDormand conveyed a lot in, in what she did in this movie. Um, and, and I think even when I go back from like movies that she's, so she's, she's won two Oscars already. So she won for Fargo, uh, which obviously was kind of like a, I don't want to say she was a caricature, but she was like a specific type of very like quirky kind of character in that movie versus when she was in three billboards, she won an Oscar for that too. Um, and she was a little more like showy. She was kind of like angry, things like that versus this where, yeah, I mean, she's pretty quiet. She's very passive. Yeah. She doesn't, you know, I don't think, I think you see more of her acting when she's not saying anything than when she is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think also, John, you're right in pointing out like th this movie really kind of does signify how good of an actress she is in. Whereas like if she were to win best actress this year, like I know like Meryl Streep doesn't even have like three best actress um, wins. So like that it's would be impressive. impressive yeah. yeah. And the fact, I mean, that's not even that long ago. Was that, you know, four years ago that three mm -hmm. years ago that she won. So three billboards. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, do you guys think who would you, is there like much, I mean, I think there is some competition, but I think she's I, maybe the best. I, I liked Carrie Mulligan a lot in Promising Young Woman, I think. Yeah. Um, and then you also have like Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's. But um, outside of that, I don't really know any. I, I don't think I've seen any other roles that would kind of compete with this. But yeah. of Carrie those Mulligan three, I would put. Good. Yeah. So. But I don't know. I think she might take it. Mm -hmm. Francis yeah. Dorman. I know those three. I would weird year. Where. Yeah. This is a very weird year, so I think mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting what uh yeah what these Oscars look like. Very um, hard to predict. And I was reading like Chloe Zhao is like winning. I think she's like she's like one of the, like the most like winning like directors in like any award season. I think I was reading for this year. So see how it plays out. You're right though. You don't. It's it's kind of unpredictable this year just because of the pandemic and everything. Yeah, I think the only person that can maybe give her a close running for best actress might be Chloe Grace Moretz and Tom and Jerry, but that that that's still to be seen. Ew, no, David. I, I don't know if she's eligible this year, though, Dave. Really? So might have to wait till next year. Yeah. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> we'll see. Though I mean, they wait, they didn't screen they didn't screen Tom and Jerry for critics, so I, I don't think she can be eligible. <laughs> I think Ken Jeong as best supporting actor is definitely a, a major snub. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he doesn't get slapped on. <laughs> I just think we need to see. Um... Oh crap! What was his name? I don't know. The, the kid from Stranger Things and New Mutants. I think he. Charlie he's going to be in the running. Charlie Heaton. Yeah, I think he's going to be in the running this year too. No so, lie. Taylor no Julie. lie. If if it makes the cut, Paul Bettany in Wandavision. I, I think I think he'd be up there. Paul Bettany. That'll be interesting to see what Wandavision get. Like I think that's. I think like Mandalorian, that'll probably get nominated for like a ton of Emmys, just because. I wonder if they'll get like best screenplay, just because of how creative like they they made this with the the sitcom layout that they did. Creative, yeah. they went. Yeah. I hope they don't overlook. I mean, Wandavision's very very good, so I hope they. Mm -hmm. I think I think it would be more likely recognized technically mm -hmm. and like behind the mm -hmm. scenes than it would. I, but they're all very good in it. I'm gonna say though, if you told me the Mandalorian would have gotten nominated, I would have been like, no way. And like that did so yeah it's true and, and you know what i'm gonna say too is these awards like don't really mean like anything to me like it's oh, cool no. to see like people get nominated and like things like that but at the end of the day i feel like you could have like the the greatest movie and unless like you have like a crazy campaign behind it or unless like a ton of people saw it like it's not 
it's not getting nominated, you know? Matt, I could totally so. see see you having like a big like Super Bowl like block pool kind of poster in your room with just different movies. And then once they <laughs> once they get cross once they win, you cross them off with the lipstick like a uh what's his name? Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi and yeah. uh, Billy Madison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, and I don't want to contradict myself here because I do like watching all those movies. Whether you know this year it was like Trial of Chicago Seven, Promising Young Woman, but at the end of the day, you know, like I said, like you could have the best movie of the year, and like unless people are talking about it, unless people saw it, like it might not even get nominated. So uh, that's my two cents. But this was a very good movie, and I'm expecting it to probably get a ton of awards. So, was there anything that stood out to you guys in terms of her? going on to this nomadic lifestyle because obviously she, when she's working at Amazon, she befriends this woman that tells her about this journey to go into the desert mm-hmm. and join the nomads. Yeah. And it almost felt like it was kind of a cult the way they were presented, you know, that the one leader. Yeah. It felt kind of cultish, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but it, it didn't, once you saw kind of how they were acting, it didn't really feel as much of a cult. No, it almost yeah. felt like it was more of a, a self-preservation choice, you know? Felt therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I don't know what about you guys. Just I guess from the point to when Fern gets to this deserted land with all the other nomads, and she's out there by herself with the vans and everything. I, I almost got kind of a sense that I was almost back in the Philadelphia Folk Festival. Uh, <laughs> it did feel very, very folk fest like, right? Yeah. Yeah. It Definitely did feel, some points. Yeah. yeah. I think there were there were probably some nomads when the years we've gone to Folk Fest. I know, John, you've gone to a couple recent ones. I know me and Dave haven't been back since the we last one I went to was like 2017, I think. Well, we weren't asked to come back. They asked <laughs> yeah. us not to come back. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, but no, definitely major Folk Fest vibes. I think for sure. I think these nomads may have traveled from the West Coast to Schwanksville, Pennsylvania. I guess for our listeners that don't know what we're talking about, what is the Philadelphia Folk Festival? It, so it's just a big, big uh, four. I mean, four day event. We we go for four days, but it's 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 a weekend. So normally it's thir- it's Friday through Sunday, and uh, yeah, it's everyone camps. They listen to some folk music, have some drinks, maybe have some other stuff too, and just kind of chill and relax. You know, friends, fun, and song. That's what it's all about. Uh, did I sum up Folk Fest? Well, I mean, am I missing anything? I think those are kind of uh, like the key points. I there. guess kind of just to hone on like, onto the fact that it's it. it's pretty much you know different. It, people go a lot for the the folk music, so it's a lot of the mm. different folk music artists out there that from the local Philadelphia area they come together and yeah, whether they they play by themselves in their little tents or amongst mm-hmm. friends or they're all back on the big stage. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a nice way for. I guess people of different cultures to come together. It's yeah, it's really a unique experience. It's almost it, felt, it almost feels like a a modern day Woodstock. I really, it is a lot of fun, and I kind of like. I kind of wish. I don't think it's happening this year just because of the pandemic still. But like, it kind of really makes me want to like go back. Right. Like thinking back at it, like I do want to the, the next fest that happens. I, I do want to try to attend. And I mean, there's a, a lot, lot to it. I mean, the music's obviously big, but there's been some good. Mm-hmm. Sturgill Simpson was there a couple years ago. Old Crow Medicine show. 
Yeah, uh, Graham Jeff Nash. Daniel, Jeff Daniels and his son's band performed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He performed with that one actor, John Gallagher Jr. Um, oh, really? So they bring, okay. Yeah, yeah, they played cool. together, cool. Um, him and Jeff Daniels. So they bring in some big-name people, but obviously there's a lot more to it with, you know, the camping mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a lot of funny and enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, events occur. You know, I just like walking around. Like, oh, yeah. Just walking around and, like, interacting with, like, the other people and just – Everyone's saying happy, happy fest to each other. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's kind of what I made me think of the story of this movie, just seeing all of them friendly interacting with each other. Like, I, I, I go back to the scene where Fern first shows up and finds her friend that she became friends mm-hmm. with the Amazon, like just sitting in the in, amongst them when she first shows up. And the one stranger just gives them her her chair. Yeah, she was yeah. standing. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's something I would see at Folk Fest. Yeah, and even the there was another scene too where she's just walking through the park and she's just saying hi to the people. And it, it was like a pretty long, like long tracking shot. It just kind of followed her for like I would say about like three or four minutes, right? Um, of just her walking through. You know, uh, the the, the, the rocks. Park. Yeah, well, no, not the rocks. It was when um I, she was in the desert with Bob Wells' whole like group and stuff. Oh, okay, um, not on the on the tour. No, no, no. Because that scene reminded me of uh, Shutter Islands. Tag, you're it. Uh, her just like running, <laughs> the way she's just running around. Just running, yeah. I, t- to escape our, t- or to leave our, our Folk Fest talk, is there anything else we want to talk about with Fest? Or? Yeah, I, I, it's funny that we keep. It's a fun time. It, it is fun. I remember yeah. if, if it wasn't the pandemic, we were actually planning on doing an episode live from Folk Fest. Mm-hmm. We were going to bring a generator and run a very, 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 very long extension cord yeah. out to the nearest highway to get us power to do it. I I will we tell would, you though we would we would need like soundproof walls to do. <laughs> we, we, were gonna, background we were going to review Morbius, right? Yeah, <laughs> Jared Leto's Morbius is that still coming out this year? I think next year. What do you guys think of the new Joker pictures? Him like portraying Jesus Christ the need for that uh, yeah I, I i don't like it that like that's justice league is being advertised as like a joker movie now that's what i'm getting worried about uh, he's only gonna be in that one scene has yeah. there has there yeah. been one promo for aquaman in this at all for this movie <laughs> aquaman no. cyborg or wonder woman or <laughs> yeah Flash. you just don't really just superman and batman yeah they're probably the only i mean i I don't know. Zack Snyder, I'm, I know he'd like talk a lot about Cyborg and stuff, but mm-hmm. he probably really only cared about Batman and Superman. Yeah. Well, I heard most of, like, I heard, like, he just did, like, a ton of visual effects. I heard he didn't really, like, do, like, too many additional scenes. I think it's, like, five minutes of added footage, which if Jared Leto was never in this movie and he's just in the added footage, obviously it's not that significant. Yeah. Or, like, the all the added footage is just, like, him. And if it equals right. five minutes, that's not a lot in a four-hour no. movie. No, well, that's yeah. the thing is, yeah, you got to either has five minutes or even less. So it's why why yeah. are they, you know, advertising him so much? Yeah. Oh, we got off topic though, guys. I don't, I don't think Fern's showing up in the Snyder Cut, but as much as we want to see it, <laughs> maybe yeah. swanky. Yeah, but you know what I want to point out though. You know what I really did like in this movie, and I kind of I, I might. I wanted to kind of see more of like their, I guess you call it a friendship, but I did like her relationship with Dave throughout the movie. David Strathairn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. I felt like they did such a good job at just conveying like 
I felt like Fern was kind of on her own like journey. I felt like she was doing her own thing. And I felt like Dave was just a genuinely like lonely person. And he just wanted sort of that companionship from Fern. And it was kind of sad when she like visited his family and you could tell how much he wanted her to stay. And she just wanted to leave. Yeah. It didn't seem like it was very forced. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. from, from Dave's yeah. end, like, he, like mm-hmm. there wasn't any ulterior motive besides just trying to, I guess it's to have a really good connection. Mm-hmm. It, it felt, felt very authentic. Natural. Yeah. Like it felt authentic. Like it, it felt like how that kind of relationship would play out in real life. Like it would, mm-hmm. you know, given yeah. how the character of Fern is and, you know, how they depicted Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I, I think that's, that's so much of this movie is like this movie just felt real. Um, and I think sometimes when you're watching a movie and if it does feel too real, it's kind of like you don't enjoy it as much. And I think but I, I I really did enjoy this. And I think I kind of got the sense that their thing was not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mainly when there's the one scene when she's working at the, uh, the national park mm-hmm. and she's telling, I guess the one coworker, she's showing her the wedding ring and she's like, it's never coming off. I, I could never take it off. Yeah. So I think right then and there, you just, you know that she's not looking for anything. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, yeah. man, she's on her own journey and mm-hmm. it, she definitely had trouble with letting go of the past. That's mm-hmm. you look at it from the example, when she held onto her parents, uh, her China that she had, like that plate that broke and she was, yeah, distraught when it broke and Mm -hmm. yeah it was like you could tell like the stuff that they chose to carry you know while they were sort of traveling to and from obviously it it had some significance to them and like once her friend swanky just was just gonna start selling all her stuff i knew that that she was gonna be sick Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's another thing to talk about kind of you know discussion about about swanky too and sort of you know her decision to choose not to live out the rest of her life in a hospital knowing she was sick, but to try and, and travel. And I think she said she was going to Alaska and, and things like that. So it, just a different mindset. And I, I think it was, I was kind of glad to have watched this movie. Oh yeah. That, so. And there's one scene with her in particular that, that stuck out to me and, and reminds me of the folk fest too, because she was having a yard sale for all of her stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And she, Someone takes, I think it was an oven mitt or something like that, and she said, "My grandmother made that made that for me, and I mm-hmm. loved it. Make sure you take really good care of it." Yeah, and it's like yeah. you know that she's gonna she's dying, and just giving like that sentimental stuff away. It's just mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, it kind of hit like a chord that I I wasn't expecting to get strummed yeah. while watching this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of sad that whole that whole situation. I felt you know we got to talk about fest again because I don't know how we didn't bring this up yet. But um, the scene where she is, where she trades like a cigarette for like a beer with the guy or something. Oh, right. She does something. I mean, that, that is a, a straight up interaction you would see at Fest. Like her just like sitting <laughs> down, telling him to write a poem to the girl and him just like giving her a Coors Light. <laughs> except, except, it would, except, except it would be like a bud for like a, a, a shower token. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fest it would be. Yeah, I mean, Fest. Best it would be like yeah, like play something on your guitar and yeah, and give him a beer. Yeah, or you give him that yeah. skunk beer that you don't like. It's at the bottom of the cooler. Yeah. Or like, or like they drink it and don't cool. care. Five minutes on the phone charger. Yeah, yeah. yeah what the charging tickets and what would you that. trade, Dave? Would you give like somebody an oxtail for like something? I uh, knowing the the crackhead that was following us around, I would give like the cotton in my pocket for 
like a bag of feet or something like that. I don't know. A beer. Yeah. I yeah, the food trucks at Foster yeah. are really good. Oh, they were good. The heck was there a food truck for Ox? I, mean, I, I don't know. That's random. I guess some people like, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, for some people, go to Oxtail, I guess. But I, there's, I like a, there's one. There's there. one for the. There's one for turkey legs, but I, I kind yeah. of expe- can expect that. The the food trucks in the camp, I felt got at least. So the first year I went to Fest, and I think you too, John, 2014, right? That was the first year we we yes. went, and then the last year I went was 2017. But I will say, each year from like between 2014 and 2017, I felt like the food trucks in the campground got progressively worse each year yeah oh. i would agree there was like a really good pizza one the one mm. year yeah um, they always have like a wrap one that's pretty good but it's mm. just really pricey yeah. but um, to also point out there is a good the the fire department in that area runs like a snack bar so they have good stuff i mean it's not not the stuff you would find at one of like the artisan food trucks but it's still if you just want a hot dog go and get something there you know Right. Well, the one com- well, the one like neighborhood group doesn't go there anymore. Oh no. Like, the the one right at the top. No. Um, okay. The fire company is still there though. The fire there's a fire company all the way at the bottom of the campsite. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're still there. I know. Okay. Um, but there's usually some good ones inside. So they always yards always has a presence there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yards beer tent. Right, do you guys so... think Fern would have uh, gone to fest? I think there were too many people. To be honest with you. I don't. I don't know. I think if maybe if it was like smaller, she would go. But I think there's there's a lot of people there for her. I think she'd at least pass by. Mm -hmm. Like she'd make her way through it. Yeah. I think even the scene when her sister says like you've always been like an outlier and you've always been eccentric in your own mind, but you never like it's because you didn't take anybody's shit. Like Mm -hmm. I almost feel like she kind of enjoyed doing this like, yeah you you would think just from an outsider looking in that this was kind of like a like a punishment like the the universe is punishing her for something yeah with all yeah. these different things coming down her once but i i feel like it, it she she really didn't seem to mind it at all i yeah. mean look at look at the scene when she's trying to lay in that bed at a mm-hmm. at day's uh, son's house and she couldn't and she walked in the middle of a, of a thunderstorm to go sleep in that van again yeah just yeah. to get some sleep yeah that when, when, when she got to her sisters like part of me when i was watching that i was just like just stay there like you're being offered like a room just like this is your place where you can just settle uh, not a room she again just, she, they were offered a full guest house <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice place um and i just wanted to be like just stay like this is it but she didn't want to stay um and yeah, you're right. It was like this challenging thing where like, I feel like she knew she had people that cared for her and she wasn't necessarily like pushing them away, but she was just choosing not to live that lifestyle. She just wanted to travel to and from. Right. I, I mean, you know, at the beginning she ran into, I guess, family friends at the the Models kind of store, that sporting goods store, mm-hmm. her sister. You know, like yeah. And even just the people that and that she ran into in the beginning. I remember like the one woman knocked on her door at the gas station. And it's like, it's going to get cold. You can come stay with me if you want. Or the, the lady that was, I guess, running the one lot that she was in and mm-hmm. trying to give her the dog. It's like, I think you, you could definitely use a friend. Yeah. So like the, the, there was definitely the opportunity for her to 
seek companionship and to seek, I, I, I guess, mm-hmm. this sort of like a normal life. The movie was trying to portray it as that's what she was looking for, but mm-hmm. I started to question if she, that's if that was really it at all. Yeah. If what she was looking for was like um, like companionship or just like what she was looking for was just wanting to be on her own. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's it's weird because it's definitely not companionship. We mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that Dave was trying to, I guess, be with her or, or at least for, be a friend, which which he was. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't going to go anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I the whole like Dave and Fern thing kind of made. I don't know if it made me sad, but I felt like it was just. I felt like for him, he just felt like this older older person you know kind of like looking at like toward like the end of his life and he's like hey like i can finally you know maybe i can be with this this woman that you know that i'm interested in and obviously she didn't want anything to do with that she wanted to be his friend but she didn't see him that way and i honestly don't think had fern and dave not met dave would not have gone back to his son's house and met his grandchild Mm -hmm. yeah that was another scene too when the son shows up at the buffet and kind of you know, he, he just kind of goes off on his thoughts on like his dad living that lifestyle and not really wanting to see that for him. Yeah. I think the movie does a good job at showing you why these people like to take on this lifestyle. Like mm-hmm. you kind of learn piece by piece why, uh, you know, Fern has made these decisions. Um, yeah. I mean, you understand, I think, by the end of the movie or, or you yeah. can at least see why, you know, she went this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of excited to see, not even just for Eternals, but whatever Chloe Zhao d- decides to do after this. Um, sort of excited to see like how some of like the same themes she shows in this movie are going to show up in other movies. Because um, even from what you're pointing out, John, it does sound like she really like representation for her is like a big part of movies moving forward. So I think it's it's cool. I think it'll be uh, it'll be good to see. So okay, we have about a minute. So you just want to let this ride out and then wrap up? Yeah. Yeah, we can kind of um, – I guess when we come up, you know, we, we could wrap up the movie and then just jump into the beer review. We right. good with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We got to do one thing because we forgot to do the transition from the last one. So let me just say this real quick. Um, but, yeah, guys, we really got off topic on, on this one. Uh, so much so that my double nickel is already – Empty, and I'm not talking about the beer. <laughs> Should I say that again? I was, that just sounded dirty. <laughs> okay, listen, let me just say, um, you are a sad, strange little man. <laughs> no, but guys, we definitely got off topic with this one, and so much so that my double nickel is going quite empty on me, and I'm not talking about the beer. So I think with that being said, I should go fill my beer. And I think you guys should too. And when we get back, we will talk about Nomadland and really get into the review. Do it. I'm going to put the Uno David in it. <laughs> my double nickel is empty. <laughs> it's crude. <laughs> oh, this is a good I, episode. Uh, guys, <laughs> we definitely got off topic with this one. Uh, so much so that uh, my double nickel, and I'm not talking about the beer. Ew, no, David. It's, it's getting empty. So, with that being said, I, I think it's 
only for the best that I get a refill, and I'm not sure where you guys are. I think you guys should probably get another one too. And then when we come back, Here's we can another. get when we get come back, we can talk about Nomadland, what we liked about the movie, what we didn't like about the movie, mm-hmm. and all the in between stuff. Some and really thoughts. get down to the nitty gritty. But with that being said, I think we should take a quick break. All right, guys, so let's talk about the beer we're drinking today. It's the Session India Pale Ale from Double Nickel Brewing Company. And like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, it is from Pensacola, New Jersey. So over the bridge. Yeah, so right right above Camden and right across the water from Port Richmond area, Philadelphia. And you know what? It, it's funny that you mentioned that it – it's kind of right off the outskirts of Camden because much like Camden, this beer is complete shit. I do not like this at all. Oh, you don't like it? No. Wow. Okay. I like it. <laughs> I, I, I do like it. Light. It's not a, it's not one that I would run out for. And I, I think that's kind of a, a theme. I think we see with our beers, but mm-hmm. um, I would definitely try more from, from yeah. double nickel for sure. Yeah. And they, they have a variety of other like beers. Like I know I, I was on their website and um, mm-hmm. obviously double nickel. So it opened in October, 2015. Um, and yeah, I just kind of went through some of their other beers. They have uh, a Pilsner, they have a lager, uh, brown ale, blonde ale. So, um, you know, it seems like they're doing pretty well for themselves. I know, you know, personally, I was like a lager um, again, like this is kind of similar to the beer we reviewed last week where it's, it's labeled as an IPA, but it drinks a little lighter. Um, so I kind of like that. I've never been a big fan of the India pale ales. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably where it's getting me. It's just that aftertaste just is not settling with me very well. I had a bad experience with this on this show in particular. This thing exploded on me as I opened the can. Yeah. So I think, I think right from the start, you were a little biased, right? Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. I did get a lot of foam in the beginning, but it did mm-hmm. win me over. Yeah. Um, as and just so our audience needs to know, I did shake up the cans before um, they drank. That was very sneaky. Uh, but yeah, no, this sits at a four point seven, so it's not um, it's not too heavy. You know, it, it's not what you usually see these kind of craft beers rolling around. And um, I, I guess I'm kind of skeptical too, just because the color scheme looks like. It's a Seattle Seahawks uh, kind of mm. beer with that does. lime green and bright blue mm-hmm. or, or navy blue, rather. Yeah. Design. Not a fan of it. Um, the the artwork's kind of kind of uh, rudimentary. I think I can make this on Microsoft PowerPoint. It's just triangles and circles. I mean, it's nothing really to brag home about. See, I like it. It's like Nomadland. It's just it, it's simple. It doesn't say much, but it's, you know, there's some simplicity there. You know what? And if if you're looking at it that way, it's definitely the beer that would most link up to this movie, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Let's take a look at the. Uh, we got an interesting one for Tom and Jerry then next week. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. I Very can't, like I psychedelic can't wait. can and whole comic book. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's uh, local, but it's. I think it's premeditated. The one we choose. Yeah. So if we're not going local, then we shouldn't for. Uh... We're not going local. It's fitting for Tom and Jerry. Oh, yeah. right. Let's take a look at the profile here. It says, at a lower ABV, this India Pale Ale is designed to be enjoyed by all. Well, that's good to know. 
This recipe is highlighted by a hop bill that includes Citra, Cascade, and Simcoe. I could definitely taste the Cascade. I mean, the Cascade is, hello, way too much Cascade for me. <laughs> Big hit of Simcoe. I don't know if I'm getting any. I mean, I don't really know to look for those things, you know. Some of the other ones were getting, like, hints of, like, lime, hints of pineapple, things like that. Yeah, okay. I, it, it seems like these are all, like, hops. Like, Citra, Simcoe, they're all just different kinds of hops. I've never heard of them mm-hmm. before. I mean, Cascade, I think I've maybe yeah. heard of Citra, but... I feel like they're pretty light, then. Right. Because, yeah. again, this isn't, like, a super heavy IPA. It's, it's not. And weighing at 4.7% alcohol content, it's pretty close up there with like tainted dishwater so you're not gonna you can have a couple of these and 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 have a good time without getting too out of hand well luckily double nickel brewing company doesn't sponsor us so we can we can speak our mind freely here oh look i'm sorry guys i i'm just not a big fan of this one (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean i guess go check it out right right so uh on that note we do have a grading scale here at Postcutter Brews for our beers. On scale of one to five, five is a really good beer and one is like really bad. And I'm kind of curious where you guys think uh, you would put this on your grading scale because you guys seem to like this more than I do. I'm giving this a three and a half. Like it's not, you know, I, I think you worded it pretty perfectly, John, where you're like, I'm not going to go run out and like say, like, you got to try this, you got to try this. But, um, you know, if I'm going to a bar and I see this on tap, I'll be like, yeah, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll give that a try. Or yeah, I, I was going to say, that's good. I think I'd go three. Um, I definitely want to try more of the stuff from here. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard good things about yeah. uh, Double Nickel. My girlfriend's been there, um, mm-hmm. so she likes it. That's good. But, yeah, this, like... this, this intrigues me, so I'd try more of their things. Yeah. That's the thing about breweries. It's, like, it's more than meets the eye, so I, I would definitely go and try – more of double nickels beers but for this one i'm giving this a 2.6 all right it's higher than i thought it would you yeah it. i thought you were going to range in the ones for this one dave but that's all right oh no this is now on winter warmer ale kind of scale yet okay we have a winter warmer, warmer have... for tom and jerry <laughs> i'll have a I'm winter curious. warmer for a tom and jerry review I may need a couple if I'm gonna sit and watch that Tom and Jerry movie. <laughs> can watch, watch like it'll be on there like tomorrow. So yeah. I gotta see. Can you do like watch parties on HBO? Because if you could, like we definitely should like do that if we watch it. I know on Netflix you can. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I know you know it, that Disney you can too, but Disney's is very like weird really? the way it works. HBO might, yeah. Disney like I know the Netflix is like you can kind of like text on the side of your screen. Um, Disney, you can't do that. Like, you can send like reactions, but um, I wouldn't be. Su- I wouldn't be surprised it. if HBO has it. Right. I'm looking. It looks like they do. I think it's like a setting they're all like trying to have now. Yeah. Because you, you know what we could do it. Like, even if not, we could just like have a fourth computer on this Zoom that that's just playing the movie, and we could just do like just for like like a clip, just like a live reaction. <laughs> could each pick like most ridiculous scene or something, or yeah. I was going to say, I think we, we definitely should, like, break that. I think that's going to be a movie where we should break it down, like, scene by scene almost. Oh, yeah, kind of like like nostalgia critic about kind of yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I hope it's as it. bad as we're expecting it to be, though. I, mean, yeah. I hope. I hope yeah, are we expecting it to be, like, a, a good movie? Like, is... I'm not expecting it to be good, but I just, again, like, I hope it lives up to our, our bad expectations. Yeah. 
Well, I know, I know, Son- I know, Sonic the Hedgehog was supposed to be really bad, and it's, it got a sequel, and people love it. Yeah, it got like decent. I, like, that's on Hulu like, now. Yeah. It kind of isn't. I mean, not that I'm like seeking it out, but just because people talk about it and not so negatively. Did you see it, John? No, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, you didn't? Okay. But yeah, just our normal PSA: don't drink and drive. Stupid. Only the cool kids stay at home and don't drink and drive. So be safe. Yeah, be don't. safe. Yeah. Just kick back, grab a double nickel, kick your feet back, and just uh, have a good time with it. Welcome back to Post Credit Brews with Matt, Dave, and John. What else stuck out to you guys in this movie? <sighs> Nothing that I can think of. I'm glad I brought up the Dave discussion because I kind of wanted to talk about his character. Would any of you like be able to live this lifestyle? Oh, not at all. I couldn't do that. It'd be tough. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. And and again, I'll point out, like, a lot of the, the characters in this movie that were living this lifestyle were older people, right? Um, yeah, I, I was kind of getting off topic when I brought that up earlier. But, you know, you look at Fern's situation where the economy really took a turn. And it's once you're over a certain age – the whole world's gone so technologically advanced that like if you can't keep up with the times, like, you know, you're just second fiddle. Yeah. But it, it also, it makes you wonder like if I, I guess with the older people that kind of chose to live this life and I'm sure this movie was, you know, inspired by like true events, obviously some of them were true. It, it almost makes you wonder like when you get to a certain age, it's almost like you feel like you can't restart. Right. Um, or you can't like, start over do something new so it's like all right like this is the only choice i have or um this is the best choice possible for me so, well look, look at the beginning of the movie when she went to try to get a loan and they said maybe you should consider early retirement mm-hmm. yeah. because there's there's no jobs out there for you mm-hmm. yeah you know well, that, that's kind of what i was getting at it's mm-hmm. you know once you like hit like a certain threshold they, they just companies companies are always looking to hire young now it's just it's just mm-hmm. the way things are yeah, you know, that it's a good point you bring up, Dave. That on top of just like, like we talked about, just like that whole place becoming a ghost town, which obviously was evident at the end when she returns home. And it's just a completely empty town, a completely empty house. Um, and she just kind of walks off into the distance. But do you think the ending left you with too little? Or do you think it was nice that it left you with the. Because I, I don't know, like, for all I know, she's walking into that desert to die. Mm-hmm. I I didn't get that. I I think she, it, it just kind of was, you know. I felt like it was pretty impactful just to see like this is this is the life she chose. Like she's, you know, obviously you you saw that her home isn't a place where she can live anymore. As sad as that is, but like she's just choosing to live this lifestyle. It's, now. Maybe it's almost like a letting go of the past kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Her returning home and kind of showing this was her lifestyle before. This is her lifestyle now. Um, I was laughing at the end of her walking through the, her old house, though, empty. Mm-hmm. The only thing I needed was uh, some some bad finger in the background, and you got the Breaking Bad series finale going for you. Yeah, yeah. Walter White returning to uh, that home, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heisenberg. Yeah. I guess I got what I deserved. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, I think this movie ended, you know, I think this movie ended pretty perfectly you know 
yeah, I didn't I, I didn't need to see any like a post credit scene where Fern's going into the quantum realm and then you know she's <laughs> coming back in Endgame. But um, I think for this movie, it, w- it was a perfect ending. Yeah, I'm curious to I, see what the Paramount Plus uh, animated series does with her character, though. With Fern, yeah. They said that they couldn't get Chalkstone, the rights of Chalkstone. So they're, I heard they're trying to try to do something with Fern. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's definitely. I think I think they said this is in the works, right behind a, a reboot of Pelswick and a live action movie for uh, My Dad the Rockstar. Oh Christ! God, is that these is like that like Canadian like, yeah. tunes? Like... <laughs> no love for Cat Scratch in the announcements either. That too. <laughs> Cat Scratch, I don't think was Canadian. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I Pelswick was. Yeah. I, I mean, we. I could be wrong on this too. They were just like, it was those weird like Nicktoons that they didn't like advertise, like like Rugrats and SpongeBob, but like would just show up like on like at four o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. You know, it's crazy that like the only two that of the that mold that they they tried so hard not to advertise, but got such a huge cult following were Invader Zim. And uh, my life as a teenage robot, they have like a cl- cult un- un- underground following. People are really into Danny Phantom these days, I'm noticing. And Chalkson. Yeah. yeah. Chalkson. Can- Pelswick is a Canadian, Taiwanese, American animated children's television series. Mm. <laughs> yeah. This, you is, know, that's um, not even this is all Canadian. this is all very well tied into our nomadic lifestyle conversation that we have going. Do you guys it think all, it all connects back to the firm? What, John? <laughs> you guys think Pelswick could have been a nomad? No, I, I don't know if Pelswick could live that lifestyle. I just just heard watching her like go to the bathroom and. They they made it very blatant in multiple scenes that like going to the bathroom in that kind of style is not the most pleasant thing. Yeah, I think that kind of does it for me. I think when I see you know having to carry around a pickle bucket to to do your business in, I think that I'm, I'm kind of out there. Um, right. I, I think the the big question we have to be asking though is how do we think um, the Scottish cat in cat scratch would adjust to this lifestyle? I think he would adapt probably, uh, you know, better than the other cats in the series, but are you, are you suggesting he's not already living it? (laughs) Possibly. I I don't know. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I even thought of cat scratch until you brought it up two minutes ago. It's been at least a decade. Like, that show has never crossed my mind. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. They probably are going to do like a Wild Thornberries. Are they going like to do something. like a, a reboot a for like everything all now? Like, yeah. th- again, like Paramount Plus is just coasting on all of those Nicktoon reboots. Like, like I'm trying, like, obviously Rugrats, they're, I'm sure they're going to do something with Invader Zim. Yeah. Um, yeah wanna, they're probably going to do something with the... Uh, I want to see a bar rescue with that like Rugrats animation. I want to see a classy Chopko get it, do it, do a, a take on Bar Rescue. John Taffer on a uh, animated, in, uh, as told by Ginger, animated <laughs> that way. He walks into like that little room, that dog has with the with the boy. <laughs> I was just gonna like <laughs> see like Hoodie in, cor- in the corner, <laughs> a human eye in a jar. <laughs> Shut it down. 
What was that one character's name? Hoodsy? The one that wore the the purple sweatshirt. (laughs) Just just him walking walking in the doghouse. What do you have to say? Look at this. Hoodsy would be that one that Tavern went in the fire. What's it going to be? Look at Hoodsy without the sweatshirt. You know, no be good. I... <laughs> John Taffer. <laughs> showing... John Taffer showing up on Estol by Ginger. <laughs> but <laughs> just, just imagine after he leaves the doghouse. He goes into the house and he just goes up to like their mom. We got a problem. Shut it down. <laughs> fire his ass. <laughs> He's got a fire hoodie. <laughs> you have a human eye in a jar. That's cross contamination. Shut it down. How did you look up hoodie without the hood, John? <laughs> I just typed in Hoodsy as told by Ginger, and that's the second picture that comes up. <laughs> you have to type in as told by Ginger. The one in the middle was her brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was the whole thing with the seal, too? Remember the one girl was obsessed with like seals? Was I, she had some weird friends? The the one that the, one of her friends looked like a mole. Yeah, that might have been the one that was obsessed with the sea, like seals. The only one that stood out to me was the kid that had the uh, obnoxious brace, like metal brace on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the other? Um, there was like the fan. I, we'll, we'll save it. The As Told by Ginger retro. That, I mean, guaranteed. <laughs> they're probably doing a revival for that on Paramount+. Plus. Because just every, every Nickelodeon show that's ever existed is getting a, a revival on there. So, What about Hey Arnold? I'm sure that, that, that without one, a doubt that's coming back. Yeah, I mean that, that's like that one would maybe have my interest more than any others. Yeah, I, I thought I, know, Nic- I thought Nickelodeon was doing like a Hey Arnold movie. They did a TV movie where it was like they went to like the jungle mm. and it was like I don't somehow tied. I, I didn't watch it, but I know that was like it was probably going to be on Paramount Plus. But I mean, they also did a movie movie of Hey like came out in the theaters. The Hey, yeah. hey Arnold movie. <laughs> It was like all that they did one for recess and they did that for a lot of yeah. I again, guys, I cat scratch haven't thought of that in a while, and I I don't think anyone has thought of John Tapper showing up on as told by Ginger, <laughs> but somehow that came up on this episode. Hoodsy. Shut it down! Look at this. How did you say that it? name immediately? Let's see. This kid is burying you. Oh God! Hootsie's the one that Taffer pressures to get fired. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's trying to get him fired. <laughs> you let him wear that to work. <laughs> I think you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay though. So let's. Uh, any final thoughts on Nomadland? I think we covered mostly 
everything that we wanted to talk about. Like mm -hmm. I like I said, it, it's there wasn't a lot of action in this movie, but it had a lot of emotional depth that mm -hmm. they carried throughout it that I think made you wanting to stay mm -hmm. and at least finish the whole thing out. Yeah. I, I wasn't really impressed with the ending. I thought they could have had a better solidified ending, but I could understand why they made it so um so open ended, mm -hmm. I guess to make let you make your own decision about what she does. And, and like I said at the beginning of this, I this is not one that I would go out of my way to see mm -hmm. had I not like sat down and actually watched it. Like the the whole premise seemed kind of uh unappealing to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't love this movie, but it it was definitely an intriguing watch, and I really do think everyone should go watch it just to, or for nothing, just to as a moment of self reflection, just to real. I mean, at least after I watched it, I had a a better appreciation for everything that I have mm -hmm. as compared to what some of these these people have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, the movie itself gives you just a different perspective on a different like lifestyle, how other people live. You know, again, I thought stand out in terms of like Chloe Zhao. I'm very excited to see what she does in the future. Kind of some of her other movies. I really want to go back and and watch that The Rider. Uh, Francis McDormand, I think, again, just does such a good job. And I think this is probably really like the most like subtle I've seen her act in a movie. Um. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I think this movie is, I think this movie is going to resonate with a lot of people. I think, you know, like I said, with it being on Hulu, a lot of people are going to be able to. I just got the text. <laughs> yeah, I think this movie is going to resonate with a lot of people. I think, uh, you know, with it being on Hulu. I, I think it's going to more people are going to be able to access it and watch it. So, um, yeah, I, I uh, I'm excited to watch this again and kind of um, just see this movie. I, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie too. I, I think it was a good blend of storytelling and like filmmaking. Like, I, yeah, I think the way she kind of chooses to present it in a somewhat you know documentary like way with the, you know the way some of the shots balance out and. Um, the way she kind of goes from scene to scene, I think works really well with Francis McDormand's performance and just the storytelling as a whole. So uh, a movie I really enjoyed, didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, I will say, I think it lost me just slightly in the end. I don't think I was as invested as I was early on in the movie. I was always sold on her character, but just not on everything the movie was showing. And I think partially that could have just been because of the novelty of this kind of lifestyle from the beginning. It's just maybe a little more um, at the forefront of your mind as opposed to the end, but I enjoyed the ending. I kind of like the open, open-endedness mm -hmm. of it, um, but I could see yeah. uh, if it wasn't, if it wasn't enough for some people, mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, yeah, definitely a movie I really enjoyed. And it's one of my favorites <clears throat> that I saw from this past year. Mm -hmm. No, I had to agree with you, John. It definitely lost a lot of my interest, like toward the end of it, mm -hmm. but you get appreciate you could appreciate all the the good from the movie at the end too. Yeah, and I, what I like with it too is like obviously when you have that awards talk, you know I, I think there's a subtlety to this movie, but I think it it does speak 
about a lot of things versus when you compare it to something like Trial of Chicago 7, which is obviously more of this um, sort of like Aaron Sorkin-y kind of writing, things like that. It's a little more showy versus like Promising Young Woman, which is, you know, I, I feel like is a little more buzzworthy, talkative versus this. Like I said, it's a little more quiet. It's a little more subtle. Um, and I kind of did like that about it. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So I remember when we saw Hunt for the Wilder People? Okay. It, it, I feel like it kind of gave up the same kind of vibe for that I mm-hmm. that I got with watching this movie. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? You mean it was like a subtlety to it, or it, it's just like one of those movies that like you didn't know much about. Oh, you... Had a really strong message at the end. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. So it's kind of like what you were saying with like the gift. Like you weren't really expecting right. much from it, and you exactly leave it, and you're just exactly. like, oh wow, like this. Yes, that's a that's a very good point. I, I like that. Yeah. Oh. It's no, this has been a good episode though. Yeah, this is a fun episode. I, you know, I, I think um, we promised the viewers next week and we're going to deliver uh, Tom and Jerry is coming guys. Just be patient. When we recorded this, it was not yet released on HBO max. It'll be available very soon. And um, we're excited to review it. So. And at the moment, there hasn't been any pre-release critic reviews out there, so we may be the first. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I will be. For this, I, uh... And I think if we are, we gotta. Uh, we we have to make a T-shirt that that we're the first to preview Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, this is. It's, it's always a good time recording. Uh, check out our social media. We're always active. Facebook, Instagram, especially Twitter. We're trying to provide as much content as we can for you. Mm-hmm. And again, apologies for any like audio glitches or anything that you may experience from listening to our episodes. We are still doing this from Zoom. And we're still trying to make the best of a very unfortunate situation with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Hopefully... There's a light at the end of the tunnel with this vaccine coming out, and then we can start getting back at the theaters, back at the breweries, and really honing into the the real spirit post credit brews. But mm-hmm. either way, it, it's always a pleasure doing episodes with you guys. Yeah, each and every week, it, mm-hmm. it's a nice break from reality and yeah, kind of therapeutic in a lot of ways. Yeah. And we, we got a good schedule coming up too. So I think compared to where we were last year, we did a lot of like free form episodes versus, um, you know, where we're going now. We're like, it seems like a lot more movies are getting released now. So we'll have more content to be able to deliver. So. Right. And as always, John's doing a great job running our blog, postcreditbrews.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. That's his baby. And it's a it's more active than our podcast is honestly mm-hmm. the amount of stuff that we're all posting on, on that. It's just stuff that we couldn't fit a full episode into on the air, but it's still worthy of content to discuss. John's doing one division every week as it's going on the air. He did that with the boys season two, check that out too. And honestly, we're open to anybody. If you, have a review you want to you want to throw it up there just let us know just give just send it to us and we'll, we'll post it if you want to come on and talk to us shoot us a dm we'd be more than happy to get a guest on mm-hmm. try to spice things up a little bit yeah 
But with that being said, this has been Postgraduate Brews. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See you later. Hey, hey, hey.